Well, I'm, I'm gonna try not to cry because y'all know I make announcements and I cry. So here I am opening God's word. So it's probably gonna happen. But if we, you know, it'll be it'll be okay. It'll be all right. Um, so have you ever been in a situation where you have been so thirsty you cannot wait until you get to a gas station or get to the place where you're going to run in your house and you need a drink? Anybody ever? experience that type. You might even say you're parched. All right. I also understand that some of you have or are experiencing a lack of water at your house right now. Right. Okay. So this is pretty applicable for this morning. And I had no idea because I had water at my house. But a summer camp is another opportunity um, for people to experience extreme thirst. Now, as a camp staff, we put out coolers all over the place, you know, we give the kids water bottles. And if you have children, you know that they always have their water bottle, don't they? No, no, they don't. They're playing, they're playing Gaga, they're running around on all the things and they come inside and they're like, I'm so thirsty, I could die. (sighs) And I'm like, where's your water bottle? (laughs) Yep. And they say, oh, um, I think I left it at the creek, or I think I left it at the Gaga pit. Or, and I'm like, well, because I know that water is important to us, it is to help us live. I say, go get you a drink of water. All right, I want you to be healthy. I want you to stay at camp. Okay, water is, some of you are in the education system. You know that a drink of water can make a big difference in a kid's life. It can heal all of their problems, okay? That and the Band-Aid. And so I give them an opportunity to get a drink, to quench their thirst, and then I say, here, here's another water bottle, just in case you lost yours, because I want you to be able to stay here, right? Well, needing a drink of water is normal in the heat of the day, and at any time at camp, really. It's absolutely a normal, human, basic need. Today's scripture is a wonderful story about a people who were struggling with an ordinary problem, thirst. And as we jump into the scripture today, it's imperative to note the problem they were facing was not an unexpected issue. It was a basic human need. We'll see how God provided for them and also how he addresses the larger issue at hand, their attitude at that moment. If y'all would stand as we read the scripture for today. It's going to be in Exodus 17, 1 through 7. It says, from the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with these people? 
(laughs) They are ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock of Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massah and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much. May we realize our own identity in this scripture. Amen. All right. Sit and be seated. Um, the Israelites had just come through a season of provision, even as recently as the chapter before. We have the story of manna and quail being provided. Could you imagine walking outside and the dew becoming flakes of bread? Not just a little bit, not a little snack, but enough provision for the people for that day. A miraculous provision. And then in the evening, quail coming into camp. Now, the Israelites were not a people of like five people, ten people, okay? So if you can imagine hundreds, I would guess, of people and all this quail coming in to camp at night, enough for people to have enough sustenance until the next morning. And not only that day, but the next day and the very next day. It was a miraculous provision. Even before this, you have the same group of people who have experienced the ten plagues of God sent to deliver them from slavery in Egypt. They crossed the Red Sea on dry land, not to mention the fact that they were following a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night. Now, initially, I am so baffled at how people who have, had, who have seen such close, personal, physical expressions of the presence of God invested on their behalf can also be so whiny and focused on what they do not have instead of maintaining an attitude of gratitude for what they do have and trusting that God would continue to be Jehovah Jireh, the provider. Here in this text, the Israelites have found themselves in an ordinary situation. They were in a desert. If you haven't been to the desert, it's really hot and you get thirsty. They needed to be able to drink water and also provide water for their livestock. It was not an imaginary problem, and the people were right to be concerned. We have seen that God has fed them, and food is great, but we all know that at some point we have to have water. Does anybody know how much water makes up the human body? Anybody? The percentage? About? What do we say? 73%. Anybody else? I guess. Higher? Higher? Okay. The average I found said 65%. Now, it depends on if you're male or female. Um, Of our bodies are made up of water. (laughs) If you drink a lot of water, maybe your body is 75%. I don't know. Um, Yet, when the people uh, then contended with Moses, they did not respond with spiritual thinking or actions. They saw and became focused on the problem 
instead of trusting God. And they began to grumble at Moses, which we know has been customary for their story, right? Every time something they didn't like was bad, they decided, oh, Moses, what in the world's going on? Did you bring us out here to die? I don't know how many times they said that in the scripture. I probably should look that up, but it was a lot. Um, But not only did they say this at this point, did you bring us out here to die, but did you bring our livestock out here to die as well? Has anybody seen the Snickers commercial where they're hangry? Okay, don't raise your hand at this question, but have you um, ever noticed somebody else who was hangry? Okay, we're, yes, we all, we, I, yeah, okay. So they don't act right when they're thirsty. In the Snickers commercial, they're not acting right. They're not themselves. And so somebody says, here, have a snicker. And then all of a sudden, they're miraculously healed, right? Um, so does anybody know what happens to our brain when we do not have enough water? It, it affects us. Do you know that only a 2% decrease in water for the brain affects people? It affects short-term memory loss. Having trouble with math, some of us don't need to have a dehydration for that problem, I think. Um, Prolonged dehydration causes brain cells to shrink in size and mass, a condition common to elderly sometimes. A lack of mental clarity can be referred to as brain fog. I think we've all experienced some of that at times. They were focused on their problem and not their provider. Of course, I say all of that, and I know this morning that even as an ordained elder in the Church of the Nazarene, knowing who my provider is, sometimes I, we, can get focused on our problems and forget about our provider. When we have a problem, it is much easier to blame someone than to think through the problem spiritually and carefully. It is real easy in the pace of life we run to get hyper-focused on the molehills and suddenly think we are facing what we are facing is insurmountable. Oftentimes, for me personally, I see that to-do list, and that to-do list is like this. And I begin to start to get overwhelmed. There are so many times um, that I start complaining, and I compare myself to somebody else's schedule, and I see their lives, and I complain, and then my complaining turns to blame, and if I would just take a step back and realize that if I would just do one thing at a time, I could have that to-do, to-do list completed in a shorter amount of time than it took me to complain and blame, and even more if I can take a step back and express my gratitudes for the way that God has blessed me and brought me through other situations, I will be reminded that my God is close and he's present and he is my provider. Not only the provider of my material needs, but the provider of my peace and my identity in him. An identity that feels threatened when I feel like I may not measure up to either the standards I have put on myself or those to-do lists that are staring me down. As we continue on, we see how God delivers on his promise 
and how he continues to provide for his people. Moses did not do everything right as a leader. He had his share of less than great, great moments. But one thing Moses did well was he cried out to the Lord. When the people were throwing great doubt and questions at Moses, Moses realizes that the people are not actually mad at him in this moment because it was God who had drawn them out and brought them through, brought them to the desert. And so Moses turns to God and he seeks direction on what to do next. I love what it says in verse 5. It says, The Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with, with which you struck the Nile and go. <clears throat> Continuing in 6. I, meaning God, will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock, and water will come out of it, so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. God told Moses to take the same staff that he used to strike the Nile River. If you remember, that's a part of the plagues. It was probably the same staff that he rose before the Red Sea and the people crossed on dry land. Uh, Moses was commanded by God to take his staff and strike that rock so that the people, that water would come out and the people would drink. Moses couldn't pick up that staff without remembering the power of God. The confidence he received was confidence in God and not himself. And I love verse 6, I, God, will be standing there with you. Once again, God is showing up for Moses, giving him the courage to lead in difficult moments, not in his own strength or wisdom, but in his reliance on God and his faith that God was true to his word, that God had a plan for, to provide for his people, a plan to make them a great nation, a plan to carry them into the promised land. Moses needed his people to learn that day what we must learn and remember now. God is a present God. He is with us in our struggle, and he's our provider. God has been at work in your life. There are times that you can point to, and you know without a doubt that it is the power of God. Do you know the devil tries to tell you that you're not good enough? If he doesn't you, he does me. Do you know that he tries to bring up things from your past and he says, this is where you lack a little water? <laughs> One thing that I have been trying to do and I've been encouraging my friends to do is to write down things that God has done for you in your life, whether it's small or whether it's, it's big. And when I have those doubts come in, I remember and I pull those lists out and I remember how God has blessed me in so many ways. The peace that he has given me is true to his word. It's beyond understanding. The healing that's taken place in my life is all God. That's all I can say. The healing that's been taking place in my friends' lives is all God. When the doctors go in and there's like, what? There's nothing there? Praise God. God's timing of prompting people to make a phone call, to send a message, that is God. 
God is still working in our lives, and he's working in our church. And I think it's time that we testify to the things that God has done so we can remember how we have been brought out of our Egypts. And he is standing beside us as we strike an ordinary rock and get to experience the miracle of the Lord. Rocks aren't special in and of themselves, are they? The tiniest rock can be a real pain at times, but also the biggest rock can be a problem. But ultimately, it is still a rock, and it isn't alive. And there's definitely no water inside a rock. When the power of God moves on the rock that Moses strikes, it brings exactly what the Israelites needed, a renewing of life, a quench for their thirst. The attitude among the Israelites was their great sin. In this time of difficulty, the children of Israel directly or indirectly doubted the loving presence of God among them. Under the stress of an immediate lack, these people doubted the one fact of which they had overwhelming evidence that God was with them and would provide. What is the overwhelming evidence in your life of where you have seen God stand beside you and walk with you? This morning, we're going to take a moment to dwell in our gratitude for a present and providing God who is near and knows our need. Let us trust him to be all that we need him to be and show up in our ordinary lives and do extraordinary things. We're going to close our service a little bit different. Um, I'd ask you to stand. Um, and I'm going to kind of lead us through prayer. Um, I want us to take a moment as we close in prayer. I want you to think, and you can say out loud. Some people are um, can be out loud when they speak. Some people would rather be private. Um, but I want us to take a moment to remember what the Lord has done for you this week, this month, maybe in your life. And I just want you, in an attitude of worship, an attitude of prayer, if you want to speak it out loud, you can. If you would like to keep it quiet, you can as well. But let's remember um, how God has been with us. you to take a moment to petition to God. God knows what we need, but I believe in speaking those things. And maybe those things are unspoken or quiet, um, but maybe those things are things that you need to say, God, I know you're aware of this, but I need you to work in this situation. I need you to stand beside me because I'm scared. I'm nervous. Let's take a moment to petition to God and ask him to help us with what we need.
Jesus, we just come before you, thanking you for being our provider, our peace, our comfort. God, we thank you for giving us exactly what we need when we need it. Forgive us for the times when we become overwhelmed with our to-do list or overwhelmed with a situation that maybe we're scared, we're nervous, and we just aren't quite sure what to do. Forgive us for that, Lord. God, we just ask that you will remind us of the ways that you have walked with us, led us. God, when the devil comes in, may we be reminded of those good things that you have done for us and through us. God, we just pray that as we go out into our spaces, that we have influence at work, in our community, in our households. God, that you will be so present, we can't deny the fact that you're with us. We ask that today. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. We give you the gratitude. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Hello, this is Pastor Daniel Metters again. I hope this morning's message has both challenged your heart or maybe given you a word of encouragement. If you feel like you would like to reach out and maybe continue this conversation in any way, please feel free to email us at ecnradioresponse at gmail.com. We hope you are well and God bless.